Hello, brothers and sisters, and welcome once more. I always say that, but I do welcome you to this radio program, Food for the Journey. I want to read something to you that I think summarizes the readings for today. Today, it says it's the Feast of the Chair of St. Peter the Apostle. And you think, why would you have a feast for a chair? That means the position, the authority. Today's feast commemorates the teaching authority of the Vicar of Christ and the Magisterium of the Church. In the Gospel, Christ asks Peter, Who do you say that I am? It is a clear and direct question. Pope Francis said, in the face of which it is not possible to flee or remain neutral or to send the answer or delegate it to someone else. However, there is nothing inquisitorial in it. Rather, it is full of love. Love of our only teacher who calls us to renew our faith in him recognizing him as the Son of God and Lord of our life, and the first call to renew his profession of faith is the successor of Peter, who bears in himself the responsibility to confirm his brothers. Brothers and sisters, this was a time when the real authority was given to the church and those who follow us. So we take a look now at the opening prayer. Grant, we pray, Almighty God, that no tempest may disturb us, for you have set us fast on the rock of the Apostle Peter's confession of faith through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Brothers and sisters, Peter did so much with Jesus to draw us closer and closer Mm -hmm. to him. He did it. He led the way for us. And I really, really urge you, as I've told you before, please get some time every day for prayer. Even if it's five minutes in the morning and five minutes of night or whatever. I've told you this before, but I really want you to draw closer to him. And if you only read the scriptures for the readings of the day, that will help you to move closer to him. I don't want to just speak words. I want you to have life, fullness of life. So we take a look now at the first letter of St. Peter, chapter 5, verses 1 to 4. Beloved, I exhort the presbyters among you as a fellow presbyter and witness to the sufferings of Christ and one who has a share in the glory to be revealed. Tend the flock of God in your midst, overseeing not by constraint, but willingly as God would have it not for shameful profit, but eagerly. Do not lord it over those assigned to you, but be examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd is revealed, you will receive the unfading crown 
of glory. That's when you die. Brothers and sisters, open your heart. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. There is nothing I shall want. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. In verdant pastures, he gives me repose. Beside restful waters, he leads me. He refreshes my soul. Even though I walk in the dark valley, I fear no evil, for you are at my side. Do you see that? God is right with us, with your rod and your staff that give me courage. You spread the table before me in the sight of my foes. That's as we go to Mass. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Only goodness and kindness follow me all the days of my life. Remember that, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord for years to come, forever. The Lord is my shepherd. Do you ever think about that? Is the Lord your shepherd? God's near you. And if you ask him for something that's very, very important, you explain it to him, he knows it. And he will take care of you. I don't mean you'll get the answer yes every time, but he'll tell you what he wants you to do. I pray for your strength to take God's word and follow it. Now we take a look at the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 16, verses 13 to 19. The verse before the Gospel says, You are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. The gates of the netherworld shall not prevail against it. I want to meet Peter too, don't you? And now according to Matthew, chapter 16, verses 13 to 19, When Jesus went into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter said in reply, You are the Christ the Son of the living God. Jesus said to him in reply, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my heavenly Father. And so I say to you, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of the netherworld shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you lose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Take time, brothers and sisters, if you will. Take time to read that passage several times today. Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 to 19. 16 chapter, and then 13 to 19 are the verses. Read that and ponder that today. Because, brothers and sisters, we are so loved by God, but he's given us a free will. We can do what we want. 
but he leads us toward him. But it's our decision to follow him. Please, just tell him you will follow him, that we may all see one another in heaven. The church was God's idea, Sister Faustina said. She's a member of the Sisters of Life and a congregation founded in 1991 by Cardinal John O'Connor to promote the dignity of human life. And she writes this, The church was God's idea. Jesus is the one who speaks of it and founds it on Peter's confession of faith. For as Peter professes that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, Jesus makes his declaration, and I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And hell has tried. Satan did not wait even a minute, as the following verses tell of Peter following, pulling Jesus aside to scold him, saying that he will not suffer or die. Jesus calls him out, saying, Get behind me, Satan. Peter was not thinking as God does, but as man does, lacking the supernatural vision of faith. Jesus does not retract his earlier proclamation to Peter, but he affirms it. Since Peter is now a member of the church, which is Christ's mystical body, Peter is being called to love both him and those for whom Jesus will give the gift of his life. When Jesus is asked by Jews for a sign that they might believe in him, mentioning that the Israelites received manna from heaven to sustain them on their journey to the promised land, Jesus gives them an unexpected response. He says, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread which I shall give for the life of the world is my flesh. He died for us. In disbelief, they question what Jesus says, only to hear him say, more clearly, he who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. Jesus chose to nourish us with his body and blood, not only so that we can reach the promised land of heaven, but so that we can abide in him right now. Abide in him and he in us. I so often in the mornings just say, good morning, Jesus. I don't do it everywhere. I wish I did, but I, I don't. But I just say, thank you, Jesus, at night. Thank you for this day. I tell him what my needs are. I know he hears me. I don't hear anything. I just tell him and my life is better for it. So yours. It's not magic. It's when God sees that you're really in earnest. You're not just testing him, because God won't answer to that. But if you give yourself to him, 
and open your heart before him. He will hear you. The church, as his body, is the place where the sharing of his divine life is ensured through the sacraments, the continual giving and reception of his flesh for the life of the world. He wants to personally come to every land and nation, in every time and place, particularly in the Eucharist, in his love for all. Jesus does not excuse those who veer off the path or pretend that scandal does not seriously hurt us and others. He corrects in order to heal. He alone can make new what is shattered, inviting each to a life-giving repentance through the authority of the church, which brings us back onto the path. It was written by St. Faustina, Sister Faustina Maria Pia. She's a member of the Sisters of Life, a congregation founded in 1991 by Cardinal John O'Connor to promote the dignity of human life. Brothers and sisters, our lives are precious to God, ultimately precious, even when we've made mistakes. If we come to him, and ask for forgiveness in confession, it will be given to us. And I always just say, or as soon as I can, I'm sorry, Lord, and then I go to confession, and God hears me. May God bless you and lead you. Mercy is at the heart and the center of God's love for us. To help you encounter God's mercy, I want to offer you a free copy of my booklet, Captured by Mercy. To request your copy, call 1-800-282-4789 or go to our website, renewalministries.net slash ffj.